Welcome to the Las Cruces Roundup. My name is Ben Beard, owner of Redcliffe Homes. We are featuring your favorite local businesses here in the Las Cruces and Mesilla areas. Thanks for joining us today, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Las Cruces Roundup. Today we're with Josh Beyer at Throat Punch. Josh, tell us who are you and what in the world is Throat Punch? So once again, I'm with Josh Beyer, a lifelong resident of Las Cruces. And Throat Punch Performance doesn't really go along with what we do here. We do a lot of work on uh, UTVs, side-by-sides, Polaris, Can-Am, uh, all these all-terrain vehicles. Uh, throat, punch per, throat Punch is kind of a, like an inside joke between some friends and family, and it was pretty catchy. We named a race team that and uh, had a lot of interest in the apparel and design, so we decided to stick with it, and it's, pretty, it's been pretty eye-catching. We get people to pull over just, just taking a picture of our sign, and then they come in and buy T-shirts and koozies nice. and stuff. So, you know, <laughs> just, just something to catch the eye. There you go. Okay. Good. So I don't have to be on guard. Watching uh, not, not unless you get out of control. You get, you get pretty rowdy, then we get uh, we get you know Benny or someone over here. They like to they like to get a little little throat punch happy every now and then. No, I'm just kidding. We're all we're all pretty easygoing guys here. Good, good. So how did you get into this business? So I grew up in the in the automotive field. My dad was an auto mechanic. Uh, came from like a farming background. So it was, I was either always on the farm with my grandpa working on equipment with him or you know, running around the shop with my dad's mechanics and they were throwing wrenches at me and trying to get, get me out of their way. But so I always had an interest in it. But uh, what really drew me into this is I, I started racing at a young age. I'd, I guess I'd be considered a third generation racer. My grandfather raced, my father raced um, in all forms and fashions. And I started racing early on in high school before I even had my driver's license. I started racing cars. And it's been a passion of mine. And, you know, I've bounced around, done some different things. And uh, ran my own business prior to this for about 13 years and worked for uh, a big heating and cooling company here in town and really learned about big business and learned a lot, um, you know, from a friend that I worked for and uh, tried another venture shortly after that and decided it was go back uh, time to go back to doing my own thing and uh, just decided to do something that I was passionate about. Um, I off-road race, um, you know, professionally for a team out of Canada for um, some good friends of mine and work on their race trucks and cars at my personal shop and decided to turn my hobby into a career. And I had a, a also a pretty little, pretty much a lifelong friend, Benny, um, that is also in off-road racing. And we sat down just uh, shooting the bull one day and decided that we were gonna give it a run. He had the facility and I had the, the desire to start a business again. So we kind of collaborated on it. And it, you know, we're not too far into it, but we've been very fortunate and blessed to stay very busy every day and we're getting a pretty good following and we try our hardest to take very good care of the people that come in and that's always my biggest thing is customer service first. You know, the customer mm-hmm. comes first and taking care of them. So it's, it's working out really well and we're excited because we love what we're doing. Awesome. And you guys just opened last fall, right? We did. We opened uh, late November, so kind of right in the midst of, uh, of you know our pandemic, and people thought we were a little crazy for. Yeah. At the time, I actually started this business and one other with a, with a partner, and was still farming and still running the race team out of Canada. So I was really being pulled in a lot of different directions, mm-hmm. going for kind of basically running four different businesses. And but this was our this was a baby. I mean, I kept telling Benny that this was going to be a baby, and this is where we're going to put our attention. So slow down to just running the race team out of Canada uh, or working with them and then and this business is our is our focus so okay. now are races still happening right now with the all the restrictions and things why are you firing me I didn't do anything <laughs> this guy loves to come in and, and you know joke around that's a Benny that's, here 
that's the story of our shop, you know. We just uh, mess around, and, and it keeps it lighthearted and fun. So yeah. I figured you'd pop his head in at some point. <laughs> but um, so the races are uh, last season. Um, unfortunately, my, my, my Canadian brothers weren't able to travel because they're pretty much locked down there. And mm -hmm. so the races did happen, but we were unable to race because we raced primarily down in Mexico. And so we didn't race in those races uh, out of the country so I was able to do a couple local races um, in El Paso, Texas. They've got a small series going, so I was able to take my son, put him in a co-pilot seat, and cool. go out there and win a couple races there. And then uh, went with my good buddy, Jared Teague. He still races um, Best in the Desert, which is in the United States, and he was still racing, so I got to travel with him a little bit and go do some of that. Cool. Cool. Now, is that racing side-by-sides, or what, what kind of vehicles are you racing? So... I got into off-road racing, uh, racing trucks with Benny and a couple other friends, um, and it's progressed. Uh, I, just because of my passion for it, I've kind of stuck with it. Um, once again, my buddy Jared and I kind of took a car that I had and modified it and went out and tried to do a really big race called the Mint 400 and realized we were way outgunned. Okay. So we finished the race, um, which was a big feat in itself, uh, came back to Las Cruces and you know, over some cold beverages, decided that we were going to go all in and Jared, we found a car and Jared was able to uh, fund the project and we put together a racing team and we went out and did very well. Uh, won several big races, um, the uh, Vegas Torino, which is the longest race in North, uh, North America or in wow. the United States. We won that one in the class 10 car, won a Laughlin race and always were finishing the top three. Wow. And then, uh, so that just progressed from there, and then I was able to start working with uh, Mark and Carl out of Canada, and so now I race with them. I race a spec trophy truck, which is just about the top level of off-road racing. There's there's another class above us, which is very pricey to get into, so I'm very fortunate to be able to do that and, and have a passion for it. So Yeah, that's awesome. Sounds like fun. Uh, what's your favorite things about living in Las Cruces? Cruces, uh, it's always home. You know, I leave a lot to go race or to travel, vacation and stuff, but I always want to come back to it. Um, Small-knit community. I like walking into when we could go into restaurants. And it, uh, mm -hmm. I remember my son asking me one day, he's like, Dad, how come every time we walk into a restaurant, you know four or five people and it takes a while to sit down? It's just my, you know, my father knew a lot of people, so I knew a lot of people through him. And then mm -hmm. gradually just, you know, you make a lot of connections. And I feel like there's nothing that I don't, that I don't have a need for that I wouldn't know who to go to that who is either the best in the business at it or you know the best restaurant to go to and we usually know the owner or someone that's working there so I, that's yeah. what I love about Las Cruces it's a small um, for the most part pretty safe community and uh, there's mm -hmm. a lot to do here for us, especially off-road enthusiasts because we're the desert right there in our back door we can drive out of our garage and go have fun at any any minute so yeah so uh, general trivia about Las Cruces or wh where's your favorite place to go ride Around Las Cruces, um, I'd have to say something that a place that means a lot to me would be going out to the Doniana Mountains. Uh, what a lot of people and UTV riders probably don't realize is there didn't, there wasn't a lot of trails back in the day, and we have a whole wall kind of in my shop um, that has nothing but pictures of my dad racing Jeeps back when he was a young young kid. Um, so my grandfather and my dad and another guy named Fred and Jim Huff, which were father and sons, they had a Boy Scout troop, and they went out and forged a lot of new trails with Jeeps. Oh, cool. And one of the cool things about the Doniana Mountains, it's kind of an iconic place. People know about it. It's called the Arch. It's like a big hole in a rock you could drive through. Mm -hmm. And back in the day, they used to hold off-road races out there. And my dad and his buddies had to go out there with like little sledgehammer chisels and make that arch a little bigger in order for the Jeeps to fit through because they wanted <laughs> to go through them at full speed. So that's that's kind of a neat place for me to go ride out there. It's very wow. challenging. And, and it's an old race course that my dad raced on, so it's kind of neat for me. Yeah, that's cool. Some cool history. Yeah. That's the uh, arch kind of on the top side of the mountain that you can barely see from the freeway. Yeah, yeah you can see the little, you know little, where little to look. eye in the rock, exactly. That's okay. it. Yeah, that used to be one of the old race courses. So. Cool.
That's neat. And they would race through that at full speed. They would. Yeah, we got some Golly. crazy pictures of uh, on the wall over there of my dad. I mean, some of them, some of them they weren't even wearing helmets. A lot of times their co-pilot wasn't. Even, they weren't even wearing seatbelts. They were using their co-pilot as like weight so the jeep wouldn't flip over there. They were definitely a little more hardcore back then than we are now. Now we've got, you know, 30 inches of travel and 800 horsepower, and these guys were racing like stock Jeeps and just beating themselves up, so. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. Well, what's the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome in getting this business started? It's kind of a new industry. I mean, obviously there are power sports dealerships, but in this town there was only a few, like, all-terrain and UTV repair shops and we didn't just want to be a repair shop we wanted to be somewhere a place where people could come get accessories and you know get good service and we can do full fabrication make sure that they're going to be safe when they go out rather than just going and getting it worked on by somebody we wanted to leave our shop the way we would want it for our personal vehicle so we take a lot of pride in that and i think the biggest obstacle we overcame was trying to get in with the right vendors to get the right products it's a lot of legwork yeah. so trying to run a business and work on the vehicles Mm -hmm. by day but also spending countless hours at night trying to fill out dealer applications and you know come up with the funding to do these big buy-ins for certain companies mm -hmm. but we wanted the best products there were to offer we didn't want just cheap stuff you could get off of you know the internet we wanted to be able to provide the community of something maybe they hadn't had before yeah that's cool so do you guys you guys sell obviously the accessories and the parts you do the work do you guys sell atvs utvs we do right now. Well, you know, it's kind of hard. They're, they're moving so fast. They've gained popularity so much that when we first opened, we constantly had anywhere from maybe three to four for sale. Um, maybe some of like personal stuff that we had that I was selling off or we also do consignments for customers. So that's something we're always offering. Like right now, we currently have a few vehicles that are on consignment for customers. Some people don't have the time to sell them or maybe they don't have the yeah. knowledge, but we have the the front door for it. People drive by, it's a high traffic area, and we've, we've been able to move a lot of them for customers, which I think is a, another thing that's nice for the community. They got somewhere to go now that yeah. they can be sold for them. They don't have to put in the legwork or the advertising. Yeah, yeah, that is a great service. Yeah. Um, so, so people can contact you guys to do that uh, Definitely. for them? Definitely. Okay. Yeah, anytime. Great. Uh, what is your vision for the future of Las Cruces in, say, 5, 10, 20 years? I hope that we can continue, I mean, especially like if we're going to focus like on the UTV community, I mean, they've kind of got a bad rap for certain things and, you know, going out and leaving, you know, trash behind, something like that. But there's so many people that, you know, buy these vehicles, they're new to it. And uh, there's so many people that are not new to it that have been taking care of the trails and picking up after themselves and even like organizing cleanups. So that's one thing that's going to be important to us over the next, you know, one year, three year, five year is organizing big cleanups for Las Cruces and the, and the surrounding area in the deserts. Mm -hmm. um, but I just like, I would like to see Las Cruces continue to try and be more business friendly and get business, you know, get some perks for businesses to open up and, and see yeah. people prosper for themselves. Definitely. What, uh, man, I forget my question here. Uh, recently they just started allowing UTVs to uh, travel on the roads here, right? That's correct. Yeah, there's there's certain laws. That, I mean, there's certain uh, things that you have to do to your UTV to make sure that they're street legal. Okay. Um, and it's not nothing too costly. But I mean, if you have a UTV, it's pretty easy to make it ready street legal. Uh, the biggest thing is just uh, there's like I said, they've gotten out of this black cloud over them because they were not street legal for so time so long. Mm -hmm. Now that people see them on the streets, they you know as lo they draw attention. Yeah. And for the most part, anybody can get in a car, truck, or UTV, and they can drive recklessly. And if so, if someone doesn't UTV, it gives them a really bad name really quickly. So mm -hmm. we always try to push to all our customers, just, you know, be respectful on the road and be respectful of all the trails you're on and, and teach people to do that so that it can, you know, continue to happen. Because it is good for yeah. the market and 
I mean, really, they're very safe vehicles. They're safer than the majority of vehicles on the road today that are that really? industry legal. Yeah. Hmm. So I would assume that's probably a lot, a lot of the popularity now is because they're more accessible. You don't have to load it on a trailer, take it out to the desert, exactly. get it off. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, a lot, not everybody has a, a trailer and not everybody yeah. has a truck to tow the trailer, but you know, if they can afford a UTV now, now they can park in the garage or their backyard or the side of the house and they can get in it and mm -hmm. get on, you know, majority of our streets are legal for them to drive on. They can get out to the desert and go enjoy themselves and take their family for a good time. That's awesome. What's the best uh, place for people to learn about which streets are legal and which ones are not and what they have to do to be street legal? So there is a couple of websites that, uh, that have that. Of course, you can go to the, some state websites for the DMV or DOT, um, any state highways. So it's in a, it's not a statewide um, legality. It's all by uh, like community or mm -hmm. city. So you have to follow your city's rules. I mean, like we're lucky in Las Cruces and our surrounding area, they've made them legal. But the biggest thing you have to do is stay off state highways. And if you do have to travel on a state highway to get to somewhere, you want to make it as minimal as possible and okay. drive off to the side of the road uh, of course using your hand signals and following the rules like having helmets on kids that are under 18. Mm -hmm. there's there's a few rules and then those people that maybe don't know about it can always stop by here and we can try and fill them in or direct them in the right direction to get more information okay perfect um what uh what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received uh you know i when i was in college um i had a i was pretty I wouldn't say quiet because I always had always got in trouble in school for being kind of you know talkative and you know shooting the the bull with people when I shouldn't be. But when I was in college, I wasn't a very good public speaker. I remember like having to get up and being very shy and kind of nervous, like to the point where I would almost not remember doing the little speech I had to do in college. You know, like the first college yeah. class I went to, and I, and I hated I hated public speaking. But I I had a professor named Dr. Cinda Clary, and she for some reason I don't know why, but she reached out to me, and her piece of advice uh, I guess was the to come out of my eggs, like come out of the, you know, break the shell and come out. And mm -hmm. she taught me a lot of things that were, have been very valuable, not only to business, but my personal life. I, in my whole business, I had to do a lot of training. So I had sometimes five people stand around or a hundred people and I was having to train them how to use equipment. And if it wasn't for her, I don't think I would have been as uh, prosperous and, and gone as far as I have with some of my previous businesses. And of course, moving into like the sales field yeah. and being able to offer such good customer service. So really she was the one that just made me break out of the, out of the shell and, and see that uh, it was a good, a good thing to have. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, how can people get a hold of you and Throat Punch? How can they follow you on social media or, or definitely reach you guys? Definitely. So uh, we have a phone number. You can Google us at Throat Punch Performance. Um, we have, of course, we have our phone number on Google, our location, but we do have social media. We have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. Okay. We are currently working a couple different options on uh, a pretty interactive website. We were going to start out with just a generic website, but we, I think we're going to move into having a shopping cart and look at doing some, moving some of our apparel on there and maybe even doing some type of like vehicle raffles and stuff. So we're trying to yes. be very innovative and think outside the box all the time, not just be a little mechanic shop. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, what are uh, some of your favorite local businesses besides obviously throw punch? Right. Well, you know, I'm a... Uh, I don't know. My wife has a little saying that uh, I'm a fat kid at heart because I love eating, and uh, <laughs> there's not a lot of kind of food that I don't like. So um, I would have to say, some living down in the Mesilla area, I kind of grew up in that area, and I just I'm fond of it. So a lot of the little local restaurants, I love seeing places like Chala's come in and just thrive. I mean, they took a, a smaller location that a few restaurants have been in, and they've been there for a long time. So 
Um, places like Chala's, um, Salud, Chris and Russell over Salud, they've, they've got in a place that uh, and they just thrive. So I like being out in the public. I mean, I know right now with the pandemic, we can't do it as often as possible, but just the, uh, just the tourist area of Mesilla and the restaurants down there, you know, we got La Posta and, mm -hmm. and Double Eagle and so many cool places right in that area. So that's one of my fondest things about Las Cruces is just the, the restaurants that we have and the good Mexican food that we have. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Josh. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks Everybody got to come on down here and check out the shop. It's a really cool environment. Um, I'm sure we'll get some, some photos in there. So. Heck yeah. I appreciate it, Ben. Thanks for taking the time to come down. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. You got it. Thanks for joining us today on the Las Cruces Roundup. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram and anywhere podcasts are found. Hope you enjoyed today's guest, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week.